Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And they migrated from the east. They came, from a, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered upon, we, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth, whole earth. The Lord came down to the city, and the, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the mortals had built. And the Lord said, "Look, they are all one people, and they all have one language. And this is the only the beginning of what they shall do. Nothing that they nothing that they propose." To do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there all over the face of the whole earth, and left and they left off building that city. Therefore it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Sometimes Franz Kafka is like punk rock to me. I mean, sometimes his stories, they hit me like a punk rock song. They start out propelled forward by the beat, moving forward with purpose, carried forward by their own momentum, sweeping me along, head nodding vigorously in time with the drums and the strums all hitting the quarter note, then falling off, falling off, still driving, still driving forward, gaining on whatever they're pursuing until a full, sudden stop. At home he feels like a tourist. At home he feels like a tourist. He fills his head with culture. He gives himself an ulcer. He writes these little, like, he calls them parables or aphorisms. I mean, Kafka, I mean. That, wasn't, that, was, that was a gang of four from their, I think their 1979 release, Entertainment, yes. But uh, Kafka, I won't ask you to sing, I promise. Um, he, Kafka, writes these little aphorisms, um, and this one is called He. All that he does seems to him, it's true, extraordinarily new, but also, because of the incredible spate of new things, extraordinarily amateurish, indeed scarcely tolerable, incapable of becoming history, breaking short the chain of the generations, cutting off for the first time at its most profound source the music of the world, which before him could at least be divined. Sometimes his arrogance, in his arrogance, he has more anxiety for the world than for himself. 
That is it. He, complete or incomplete, but that's all he wrote. He. All that he does seems to him extraordinarily new, but also because of all the gigantic number of new things that are like happening all the time, more and more new things, he thinks that the things that he proceeds to do that are new cannot compare to the things that others are doing, that his new things he does are amateurish, scarcely tolerable, and incapable of becoming history. The things he does, the new he does, every step forward he takes is so inconsequential when measured against all that is becoming all around him that his new things are incapable of becoming history breaking the short chain of the generations, cutting off for the first time in all of history, at its very source, the music of the world, which, before he started moving forward in it, was at least discernible. This little punk rock poem, this little rebellion word bomb, is incredible to me. I mean, one, he thinks everything he does is new. Two, he thinks all the new things he's doing, because of all the other new things there are, his new things are practically offensive. Three, as a matter of fact, they are so offensive that they break time. They sever the music of the world from its source. But then I love the punchline at the end. Um, sometimes in his arrogance, he has more anxiety for the world than for himself. Yeah, like really? Like, maybe he shouldn't be so worried so much about the lack of significance, his lack of significance being so onerous that it, like, breaks the world? Because clearly, that much anxiety about the state of the world is an extreme amount of anxiety about oneself. At home, he feels like a tourist. John Updike, in his introduction to the complete stories of Kafka, says that Kafka was born, a century, century after Kafka was born, we're in a time that is marked by a self-consciousness that is new among the centuries. It's a consciousness of being new. And Kafka sort of epitomizes one aspect of this being new. A sensation of anxiety and shame whose center cannot be located and therefore cannot be placated. A sense of infinite difficulty within things, impeding every step. A sensitivity acute beyond usefulness as if the nervous system flayed out of its old hide of social usage and religious belief must record every touch as pain. In his story, The Great Wall of China, the first person narrator is a stonemason working on one section of the Great Wall. Now the stonemason, he describes a book that is all the rage at the time. All the people working on the wall, they're all reading this book. They're passing it around, everybody. This book is called The Tower of Babel. 
And in it, the scholar claims that the great Tower of Babel did not fail for the reasons that everybody believes that it failed. It did not fail because God saw the people building it as an act of pride, act of hubris, an attempt to to build something that will uh, challenge God, building a tower to heaven to challenge God's authority. And so God, therefore, destroyed it, smashed it, crumbled it to the ground. No, the scholar claims that the Tower of Babel failed at the time because the builders simply did not have the technology or know-how or ability to build the foundation strong enough to support a tower of that height. And the foundation failed, and the tower crumbled. But today, the scholar claims, we have the greatest stonemasons in history. We have the greatest engineers with the greatest minds that have ever existed. Today, we have technology beyond what those original tower builders ever could have imagined. And we're using all those things, employing all those things, to build this great wall. But the narrator explains that this is not what caught the imagination of the masses. This isn't what caused the book to be passed around to everyone. Because they were all building the wall. They were all, everyone of that generation was a great stonemason, um, a great engineer, great builders. They all, they all knew this because they were raised from children, educated, to be these incredible users of this new technology, all employed to build this wall. So that wasn't what caught their imaginations. What did was the scholars claim that this great wall they were building was actually a foundation for the new and achievable Tower of Babel. Now, there was much debate about this possibility. Certainly they knew that they had the ability and the technology and the know-how and the engineering uh, to be able to build a foundation for such a grand tower. But how could the wall be a foundation for a tower when it wasn't even a complete circle? It wasn't even half a circle. Some people said, well, yes, obviously, um, it was just the scholar was just speaking uh, philosophically, spiritually. He was trying to point out that we, as the great nation of China, we, as this educated, advanced technological society, we could serve as the foundation to support the emperor who is the ruler of heaven. Who were those original tower builders? Were they just a horde of arrogant sinners challenging their creator's position? Or were they a primitive tribe lacking the skills and technology to realize the greatness they dreamed of? Believe it or not, Kafka writes about the Tower of Babel in another short punk rock story. 
In this story, it's called The City Coat of Arms. The builders are in no hurry this time to begin work on the tower. They want first to make sure they're prepared to do the job right. They spend all their time planning a city around the tower because this city will contain all the things needed to support the building of the tower. They plan out the homes and the barracks where all the builders will stay. They plan out all the streets that will be used, the roads will be used to haul in all the materials needed. They plan out schools to continue to educate the people and all the things that they will need to know in preparation to build this tower. They want to make clear to everybody, communicate clearly to everybody to make sure they're all on the same page, that they all know what the plan is, how they're going to build this tower. And they're not really that concerned about getting to the actual building of the tower. They're actually a little bit hesitant about laying the first brick at the foundation of this tower because they're not quite sure that technically they'll be able to achieve it. But they are not worried because they know, they all believe, everyone believes that this tower will be built one day because they have made sure that everybody all over the world knows this, that humanity will one day have the greatness and the technology to build a tower that reaches to the heavens. And once this idea is put out there in the world, it can never vanish. It never vanishes. It actually becomes the motivating factor for humanity's existence. One day, this tower will be get built. So much of, Kafka writes so much about building things, about building things and things that, that don't get completed, that get cut off. And so much of his own writing is clearly unfinished, and others of it is so truncated that you wonder if it was meant to be that way. It's like that punk rock song when the the drummer counting off the song is still echoing in your head. The last chord comes crushing down, and you think, is it really over? Did they make a mistake? Did the band mess up or things falling apart? Kafka's story, the story of the coat of arms, ends with this last abrupt crashing chord. To this must be added that the, the second and third generation had already recognized the senselessness of building a heaven-reaching tower. But by, the time every, by, by that time, everybody was too deeply involved to leave the city. And the legends and the songs that came to birth in that city are filled with longing for a prophecy day when the city would be destroyed by five successive blows from a gigantic fist. It is for that reason that the city has a closed fist on its coat of arms.